Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. guys it's time for yet another edition of the blue white breakdown Penn lives penn state football podcast i'm bob flounders dave jones is joining me if you can't if you're not li- if you're not watching it you're just listening to us dave and i are wearing matching purple t-shirts in hey, honor are. Of hey. the nine is it the 95 northwestern team was that the team or the 90 yeah 95 um, this is 96 you know, it's part of. Yeah, I was talking to Kirk Kirk Herbstreet about this about also on my buying list your yeah buying your kids uh, t shirts and jerseys and stuff on the road. Man, I got I got mixed so much junk from from the road. I think I he had a Northwestern yeah. purple jersey and it was like iridescent. You know, it was it was. I think this was yeah. probably ninety nine. You know that that store right down. The street yeah. from Mustard's Last Stand. Love Mustard's Last there. Stand in Evanston. Got yeah. Got to go. If you Underrated go venue. Very much so. Very much so. But it was, but it was the '95 Northwestern team that went to the Rose Bowl. It was it Darnell Autry, Pat Fitzgerald? Correct. And, yeah. yeah. And Steve yeah. Schnur. Steve Schnur. Steve Schnur, who threw the overthrow in the Rose Bowl. They could have beaten USC, but USC yeah. was pissed off. Yeah. They they had endured. Two weeks of people talking about nothing but the the fairy tale from the purple people, and they were the purple yeah. of the Pasadena and Gary Barnett, and they were sick to death of it. And Keyshawn Johnson caught passes like eighteen passes for three hundred yards or something. He was, he was actually what killed. I think the they couldn't ball. they couldn't stop him. They couldn't handle him. It was Ron Vanderlinden's greatest regret. Former Penn, Penn, former State, Penn State, yeah, linebacker. former Penn State linebackers coach and a very good recruiter for them. Um, he, he, he confided in me, that was his biggest regret in his entire career that he didn't prepare. He felt he didn't prepare well enough, uh, for that game, but they, you know, they were all only missing their best defensive player. Like a, who was going to cover Keisha Johnson? Yeah. Pat, who was going to cover Fitz- that guy? He was the number one pick in the draft. They were missing Pat Fitzgerald because he got injured in the last uh, game against Iowa. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't play that, you know, 41 yeah. points happens in that case. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna we're getting real close now to the start of football season, Dave. I know uh, you're excited. I think you're excited. I'm pretty excited actually uh, to get back up to Beaver Stadium. You know, see some uh, see some football. It'll be interesting to see uh, a crowded Beaver Stadium. We can get to that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, if if that happens, a little bit. We can get to that a little bit later, Dave. Yeah. But let's let's start with uh, you know, we're we're recording this on a on a Wednesday. Uh, in a couple of days, we're going to be up in State College for Penn State Media Day, which is a, a big deal in the offseason. James Franklin, all of his coordinators, and most of the Penn State players are made available to the media so we can kind of write stories for the next 400 days until uh, the season kicks off. 
but Dave, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's always an interesting event. We get to see the other guys on the beat, other guys and gals on the beat, but Dave, when you go up, I know you usually like, it's kind of like a tradition. Now you like to write about the offensive line, the state of Penn state's offensive line. It's important Dave, because for a long time, even dating back to Bill O'Brien, Joel Paterno, the offensive line has been an issue. Um, Hopefully that might not be the case this year. I know that you've written some stuff about Penn State's two offensive tackles, Rasheed Walker and Caden Wallace. Is that something maybe you're going to navigate to again on media day, or are there a couple other things you kind of, uh, are there a couple other players or coordinators maybe you want to talk to to find out some more stuff? I certainly, I certainly want to, I certainly want to. Certainly want to talk to Yurisich, um yeah. in person, don't you? I mean, that's yeah. probably what you're. Uh, everyone's excited about that. Um, you know, very frankly, the defense was what had the issues last year uh, when yeah. the team had issues. They were giving up right. 30, 35, 40 points a game. So maybe we should switch that up a little this year um, and examine them. Um, I'm particularly interested in the defensive line because it – as they say in the mid state needs rebuilt. And uh, do you say that? Do you say that? No, thing? no, you, I've never actually really heard anyone that. say it. You've been saying this to me for 25 years. Are you kidding? I've Come never on. heard. I've oh, never, just, all I've heard crazy. is Dan Carroll mock you impersonate you <laughs> doing mid-state man but that's the closest that i've come to this phrase <laughs> deep rebuilt please please you're not listening i would admit it yeah yeah i you should you should have already been saying it by now as long as you've been there how long have you been there 27 years now in the mid-state area? i got to i got to the uh patriot news in april of 93 so my anniversary getting... was yesterday 32 years but anyway Woo! the defensive line i think yeah. is the probably the key spot because you feel pretty good about the linebackers. You feel pretty good about the back seven or right. Or do you, uh, I feel good about a couple of the linebackers, back but I, do you just remember Dave last year when they started zero and five, everything you said is true. Penn state either started slow or in the case of the Indiana game, they, they couldn't get any stops um, late in the game and in overtime, but they also were, and a lot of it had to do with the way, with the protocols and the way that James chose to prepare his team in a very difficult environment. They just didn't look like they were ready to tackle. And they, they, they just messed up half the season. They missed too many tackles. They weren't in good position. And they, it got better as the year went on. But, but um, that's the look. That's been an issue for this, this team for a few years now, has it not? Yeah, but they didn't, really, they didn't really hit in preseason camp. Do you remember James said that? They were kind I know. of all, but but I think uh, the, what I'm saying is irrespective of that, this has been yeah. an issue for this team. It seems like they got um, so far ahead of the game trying to be trendy with speed, speed, speed on defense. Yeah. They don't seem to have enough hitters, enough tacklers. And also everyone's afraid of getting a penalty for hitting in the wrong yeah. place. Targeting. Uh, they seem like they've been, you yeah. know, the guy who never had a problem with that was Micah Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> I would know he hit my <laughs> nephew with a dirty, dirty hit, but he got, he got run out of the game for it. I would say um, he's been rewarded for almost for that. Yeah. I, you like, know, you? You, you know, those are the kind of guys, what was it? Our, our old boss, Nick Horvath yeah. used to say, Jonesy, you need six to 8% of criminal element on a football team. <laughs> you did not, not I'm not saying that Mike apart. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's just walk okay. that back right yeah, away. Because that's, that's not true. But you need some guys, especially on defense, who just want to destroy things. And they're not they're they're asking questions later. 
And I think Penn State's defense has been short on those guys. They were last year. One guy, Brandon Smith, uh, finally started to get it together, I thought, final month of last year. No questioning his physical talents. Matt Millen has been on his bandwagon since before he played down. He told me he was probably the best pure linebacker on the on the 2019 Penn State team, pure linebacker. What is a pure linebacker? <laughs> a pure linebacker is probably somebody that just give me your give give me your purest linebacker ever. Purest linebacker ever. I got a guy in mind. Are you going to say Chris Spielman? No, no, no. You're this not guy's nastier, nastier. Not Dick Butkus. You, you you're on the right track. And Ray Nitschke. No, wrong team. You had the right team. Oh, Dick Buck can't win with them. Can't have them. <laughs> Mike Mike Singletary. That's right. Showed, <laughs> showed Vernon Davis the door. coach. <laughs> I think Vernon was a little scared of him. Well, no. actually, for my money, one of the top three rants of all time. Oh, yeah. He couldn't really yeah. get bent out of shape. He was just like, yeah. can't have it. Harrisburg's Dennis Green is in your top three as well after they lost to the Bears. I'm sorry, what? Dennis Green's rant uh, after they lost to the Bears on Monday night. You want to crown them? Then crown their ass. Yeah, (laughs) that's got to be in the top three. Oh, yeah. No, David, pure linebacker is just to me somebody who understands the position, you know, reacts well in in the right position, plays the right gap, gets the defense lined up, you know, no very few mental mistakes. And he saw that in Brandon Smith before he ever played. Brandon is a big dude. He's 6'3", 245, and I think he's going to be much more disruptive this year. He better be because Penn State, you're right. They, they need some difference makers um, up front and, and at linebacker. You know, you see, we've seen too many Penn State teams, Dave, with the, the linebackers will have a lot of tackles, but they won't have any tackles for loss. You know what I mean? They're too many times they're making tackles three, four or five yards up the field and they're not getting into the backfield. And that always has a little bit to do with the front four or front three, keeping them clean, Uh, getting penetration, forcing backs out of where they want to go into someplace they don't want to go. I don't know that we had that really last year either. So I think the question is is about the front seven, but especially about the front four and I, like I told you last week or two weeks ago, Phil Steele is very, very bullish on yes. the, uh, on that group. So we'll see. We'll see. I, just, I was, I was just thinking if you date back to 2018, Dave, there's a chance that Penn state could lose three of its last four openers. If they fall to Wisconsin. No, that's not true. They almost lost three of their last four because Appalachia state should have beat them. What are you three- Joe Buck? Why, three, why are you so net? Why are you so negative? Tricky openers in the last four years, I guess, is what I'm I'm going with. App State, Indiana, and and Wisconsin. Are you believing in Wisconsin or no? I need to see. Uh, like I said, I need to see uh, whether the quarterback uh, Mertz. recovers. From Mertz. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mertz. Mertz. Um, w- whether the quarterback recovers from his little malaise the end of last year. And remember, they only played six games. I know. They, I think, had more canceled than anybody else between them. I, I'm not sure if they were responsible for any of them. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it many. was. I think the programs they were playing were. Yeah. Were the ones that were. They just the- got a lot of bad luck. They had a big start. They they smashed Michigan, and then the rest of the season was kind of a total throwaway. So yeah. 
you, you know, uh, one, one thing I always look at, and it turns out to be true about 80% of the time, um, if you have a, a, a lousy end of the season, sometimes there's a hangover to that, especially if you have a really embarrassing bowl game. Uh, yeah. For instance, everyone's huge on Indiana this year. I think they're going to have a hangover from that Mississippi game. Uh, did you watch any of that, the Ole Miss game? Their I did game? not. I did well, not. They got, they got handled, like big time. <laughs> um, and it was sort of a window into what their issues were. They got, they, got, they got kind of physically handled, and no one really expected that. And every time you see that, you, you kind of see the next season, a little bit of uncertainty a little bit of tentativeness and mm -hmm. guys trying to get their bearings. So Wisconsin yeah. had a really kind of a, a rough second half of the season, if you want to call it a season. And I don't know if they'll be the, the roaring out of the gates, Wisconsin, that we yeah. have seen so many times. So that might be an advantage for Penn State. Got it. Got it. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Dave, we're about 10 minutes into the Blue Light Breakdown podcast that you and I do every week. I want to just know, are you okay? You haven't mentioned Greg Schiano in the first 10 minutes. Is everything okay down in town with you? Usually... Usually by now, I've heard about Greg Schiano from you. <laughs> are we, we going to go into your man crushes, your football man crushes? Because I, I don't, Bob, I don't want to. I will. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just checking if you were okay. Because I, I, I thought we were going to have an annual Greg Schiano mention, and it looks like we're not going to get one this week. Here's one for you, Dave. I, I know that last year was you know, it was four and five and forgettable for Penn State. Was there one guy on the team by the end of last year that wasn't like a big name? Obviously, Jahan Dotson had a great year, and he was he was the standout. I, I would say for uh, Penn State, Frymuth, you know, was heading that way before he got hurt midway through the season. Was there one guy that you thought, man, this guy's going to be really good next year? He got better and better and better as the season went on. You know, in, in a healthy environment with you know with with. Uh, a good lineup around and this guy's really going to take off. Uh, well, I, 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 have a, I have a name for you. You tell me if it's who's you. I've got a name for you and it's Jack Crawford, but no, we're not going to talk <laughs> about it. Uh, little inside joke. Uh, Parker Washington would be my guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you feeling that? Is that? Oh, sense? absolutely. I, yeah. I think he's going to be one of those guys uh, that's, He's he's not small. He's just short. He's powerfully built. He's, he's quick. a pit bull. Yeah. He doesn't drop the ball. He runs good routes. He's going to be really tough to defend. Really, you could, tough. Im you could imagine how big is he? He's like, how big is he? They list him at five ten. So that's usually a pretty good indicator that he's like five eight. Five five eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, you can't see him actually playing in the NFL, could you? Wes that's Welker important. played at five eight. Was he that small? That's who I'm yeah, thinking of. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, I was thinking exactly of Wes yeah. Welker, but Spot I didn't know how small he was. Yeah. No. If anybody can do it at that size, it's this kid because yeah. you just see that he's there the, are the three things. He's absolutely fearless. Yeah. And it, it takes a little fearlessness, even in these days when no one's allowed to target, no one's allowed to hit in the head to, to catch as many balls over the middle as he does. 
Mm -hmm. uh, guys bounce off of him at that size. Well, he's over he's like is, 210. Is, he's yeah. Big. I mean, it's like trying to, to, what did Kurt Gowdy say about Don Nottingham? He's like a fire hydrant. You can't get your <laughs> arms around uh, <laughs> uh, A member of the Super, Super Bowl Five Colts that beat my Cowboys, I think. What a wonderful game. game. What a wonderful game that was. Tom Nowatsky was in that game. A classic Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be my guy. I want to see. I mean, he could catch. If if you were Clifford, weren't you? Wouldn't you be targeting him all the time? Just yeah. you couldn't help but look at him for seven yards, nine yards. Just keep yeah. the keep the drive rolling. Uh, he could catch seventy balls. I could see that. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the guy I'm curious about. You curious? I'm curious. Are you curious? Hey, my man, are you curious about him at all? Uh, the guy that I'm really curious about, because he's going to have competition, <laughs> at the end of the year, Kevon Lee was no fun to tackle. I don't care what Penn State's uh, final record was. You look at what he did. He ran over some people. He was, a, he was just a freshman, tall for a running back, six foot, six one. You don't see him that tall, but he was 230. He was quick. Um, he could run over people. But now, so now Noah Kane comes back, and I think it's going to be a good thing because I think Noah Kane uh, was really, really good two years ago. And if those, let's just say hypothetically, those are the two guys that emerge, Penn State, Penn State can have a pretty nice little run game going uh, with those two guys at the offensive line uh, could take a little bit of a step forward. And that's what they didn't really have last year early in the season. They didn't have that four-minute offense that helped them in 2019 run out the clock against Michigan and run out the clock at Iowa because those guys weren't ready. Noah Kane wasn't healthy. If Noah, they have Noah Kane for the Indiana game, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure what happened late in the game isn't going to happen, and they're going to win well, that game. But Bob, Bob, they, you forget they scored when they needed to score. Yeah. They scored. You remember yeah. the, cl the clock snafu? I mean, that's what that's what the game should have been over. Well, that's think, what I'm saying. I'm think I'm saying if Noah Cade's on the field, maybe that didn't happen. Oh, you're talking about the the touchdown that shouldn't have been scored. Correct. Right. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe he just takes the knee. That yeah. Was, well, maybe the coach should have made it a little more clear. That's, that's I've heard. That's I've heard that it was made pretty clear. Yeah. Well, I, you gotta you, you, then give the ball to Clifford. Give yeah. the ball to one guy and say. Sure. We're, we're not scoring a touchdown here. You know, I, I can't blame that. I can't blame that on, on the back. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but to your point, you know more about recruiting than I do. Uh, did, did Charles Huff recruit all these guys? Was he the lead in, in all these guys or just some of them? I mean, Charles Huff's last year at Penn State was 17. So, uh, no, this is all J1 Sider and okay. Florida. This okay. is J1 Sider, a Florida guy. Did you know he was drafted in front of Tom Brady? Did you know that in the in that in the two thousand and one or with the two thousand? Everyone was drafted in front of Tom Brady. Jaywan <laughs> Sider was. He was. Uh, I think he started his career at West Virginia, and I think he ended up someplace. And he played for Billy Joe. God, I, I'd forgotten. Coach? I'd forgotten that Charles had been that gone that long. He, yeah, he went no, out, the, he went out the door Sider. with. He went out the door with Moorhead, didn't he? I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So it's obviously Cider. So yeah. Cider's Cider's been kicking ass here. What I'm saying yeah. is they got. They got stockpiled guys. Yes. Uh, a couple guys go down. They just roll in another one. I mean, that's that's amazing. So yeah. kudos to him. Um, yes. I, 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 it doesn't seem to matter who they have at running back. The kid does well. 
Although I would like to see like a full season out of Kane. That would, I, I've been waiting for this and waiting yeah. for this. this You've always here. said that certain guys are prone to injury. Do you, you believe that's a thing that certain guys uh, just well, I would say, I would say you would, you can use the injury prone label if they're nagging injuries, but his injury last year was, it required surgery to fix. And I think the 2019 injury was a high ankle sprain. And unfortunately those are almost, they might as well be a major injury because they take forever to, for the tissue to heal. So I don't think, I wouldn't call him um, injury prone. You know who I would call injury prone? And they weren't nagging injuries. Sam Bradford was injury prone. Once he got to the NFL, he got hurt every year. Sam Bradford. I don't see you out there. You were, <laughs> I want to see I, you in the pocket trying to I avoid would, that. I would, yeah, they were, I would trade bank accounts with Sam Bradford for sure. <laughs> oh, for, for, I don't know if you would. You think you would. <laughs> you think you know, but you don't know. How many rants are we into there? Three? Yeah. That's three. All right, All right Dave, let's, let's move it along. I want to ask you, Two or three years from now, uh, this is in, in response to all of the uh, possible expansion talk. I know you've talked about it. What do you think the Big Ten will look like in three years? It, what, what, bigger? How much bigger? Not bigger? What do you think? Im- impossible to tell. The 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 only schools that they could possibly be after. You told after I know you said this before. Yeah, after Notre Dame. Yeah, um, which. I don't think Notre Dame's ever going to be want to be part of a league because they can double dip forever. They've got their own channel. Yeah. They don't need it. Yeah. Um, maybe things Kansas were Kansas and changed. North Carolina, right? Didn't you say Kansas and North yeah, Carolina? Yeah. And, and Virginia and North Carolina would be my big brands that would carve out uh, more turf. People say Georgia Tech. I really don't see that uh, as adding to your – streaming service view viewers screen viewers really anything that that's never been a big draw it's an aau school sure the association of american universities so what um i think what virginia and north carolina bring is big brands big schools very very proud alumni associations really good schools good academics and that recruiting turf I mean, where the Big Ten is dying is out in the plains. I mean, it used to be 40 years ago, 50 years ago, you would know as much as anyone with Barney, what's his name, uh, coaching the lineman. Who was that weight guy that was? Uh, oh, was oh, oh, no, no. So, you know, that Nebraska. So there, was, there was a there was a weight guy, but there was also I think the offensive line had uh, another coach that was also uh, uh, yeah, pretty good well, at the, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. You know what we're talking Nebraska. about, but, but it was a different time. And, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but Nebraska recruited. Boyd Epley. Boyd Epley, right. Yeah. Um, there is, back then, there, there were a ton of Nebraska kids from, at Nebraska, correct? Yes. Yeah. A ton. Like and, half the roster was from Nebraska. Yeah. And you can't do that anymore. You no. can't, you're not going to compete that way anymore. There's certain areas of the country that have just lost population. There's certain areas of the country that just don't value football all that much. And those areas out in the plains, they have to recruit other places. 
in one of the other places that every look Pennsylvania is not any any old head from Pennsylvania will tell you high school football is not close to where it was 30 or 40 years ago in this state you, you where are you going to compensate where Penn State has compensated for the last 20 30 years is the mid-Atlantic Virginia North Carolina full of full of players full of talent and it mm -hmm. remains that way uh, DMV also so to me, that's the only place you would, those are the only two schools you would want. Can you get them? I think the cost, there, there is no contract as we've just seen. There's no grant of rights that is unbreakable. <laughs> uh, everything can be broken if you, if you wanna break the eggs in money in tens of millions of dollars and everyone wants to do it, you can do it. But I think ESPN, as we can see, was behind the entire Texas Oklahoma merger into the SEC. Uh, are they going to want this? They have nothing to do with it. It's a, it's Big Ten is Fox. Uh, I think you have to have a third party who really wants to facilitate, and you have to have huge money football yeah. programs, which North Carolina and Virginia are not. They're good brands. Are they going to be worth enough to uh, like of a Notre Dame caliber? No, to to bring them in and be at least equal to their what would be 16th? No, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, the, the, where everyone is pointing is some sort of merger with the PAC-12's glory schools. Uh, I USC, saw that, I read some of those USC, stories. Oregon, Washington, boy, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm leaning toward more of a schedule consortium. And I think this would be a great idea. And I wrote that if Jim Delaney was still around, if Jim Delaney was alive, <laughs> he is going to be happening. This old old David Letterman, David Letterman yeah. joke. Uh, if Delaney was around, he would certainly be proactive, and he might have made the first move. Yeah. In, in this game, instead of the SEC, Kevin Warren, Ben, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see a guy. You know, if anyone, if anyone is is pulling the strings here, it's Barry Alvarez. Uh, that's that's a guy who is like an old time, I don't, don't take the wrong connotation here, but, but an old mobster guy who gets things <laughs> done, you know, a facilitator. He kind of looks like a mobster. I knew he? you were going to say that. I was thinking it. You said it. I'm glad you said it. And I did. <laughs> you were thinking it, right? I yeah. was. I was. Well, in the, in the way that he, he is going to, he is going to decide he's going to lead and he's going to get everyone on board. Yeah. Uh, that's what Delaney learned how to do very quickly in his tenure in 30 years. Uh, man, Kevin Warren and the Pac-12 guy who took over for Larry's, is Larry Scott still there? I can't remember. I don't think he's I think still he's there. On, he's either, he's, if he's there, he's not going to be there much longer. Right, he's on his way out or he's out. You've got a couple of new commissioners. I don't know if they, they've got their thumbs up their ass or what are they doing, but I mean, they're... The, probably analytic guys. Well, yeah, they're bean counters, probably. They better count some beans because the, pack, the, the problem we have here is that college football is going to become a regional sport if it isn't already. It's going to be a southern sport if this is allowed to continue. And ESPN doesn't care. As long as they're mining the cash, they'll yeah. take the cash out of there and make that brand the brand of college football. And we'll have something that looks like college baseball. You don't want that, do you? I mean, no. you want that? No, I don't want that. Uh, and don't we want the Pac-12 to have a, uh, an Oregon or a USC in the mix again? Isn't that more interesting? Or anyone, Washington? Uh, I, don't want, I don't want to see that happen. So like a scheduling consortium, 
where the Big Ten plays an ACC opponent or a, and a Pac-12 opponent every year. I think that would do enough to and also freeze out the top eight SEC schools who don't want to play anyone but Arkansas State and Troy every year anyway in all four of their games. There's noises out of the SEC that they're going to start playing nine, but who knows what year, uh, league games. And I think they're going to have to to, to pound through the 12-team uh, uh, college football playoff because now everyone's skidding on that. Everyone's digging in their heels. Look, you're not gonna you're not gonna do this and put six teams in the college football playoff because that's what I think Greg Sankey had in mind all along. <laughs> I mean, everyone was going, "Hmm, Greg Sankey wants a, the SEC wants a 12 team playoff all of a sudden." <laughs> hmm, wonder why. Well, this is why. Uh, they they've got to figure out a way to game the computers and look good on TV, and that is playing serious opponents in the non-conference schedule. To me, that's the only thing it can do at this point. Dave, you mentioned ABC and ESPN, so let's wrap up this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. Um, you wrote something on Kirk Herbstreet recently uh, that I think the best analyst in college football has been for a while. Teams up uh, on ABC and ESPN uh, with Chris Fowler. They do a really good job, um, and they're all over the place. I think a lot of times they're on game day. Anyway. He, uh, he, he, he was a former college quarterback. He was an Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, but he wrote, I, I don't know, is it, it's an autobiography, I believe it is. Yeah, with Gene Wojciechowski. He yeah. ghost wrote it. Uh, yeah, and you had, chance, in... you had a chance to talk to him, but also within the column, you shared some of your thoughts on why you think uh, Herb Street is so good at his job as an analyst. Because he's impartial. Um, and he admits up front he's a big Buckeye fan. Uh, and if you're a TV guy, I think you're allowed to kind of get away with that in some places. He doesn't want to get away with it. Yeah. Um, he wants to be, he's, he's scrupulously impartial, especially on the many times that he has to cover Ohio State. Uh, when you see other guys who are attached to a team, you know, national guys we're talking about, you, you notice that they have more to say about their old team than they do. Well, what do you think of Troy Aikman with the Cowboys? I think he's impartial, right? He is. I just, I mean, Troy is a, is a, a solid professional. I watch a broadcast uh, and I am a diehard Cowboys fan. I just feel like he doesn't really tell me a lot during the game that I haven't already figured out myself. He's, he's a little bit of the master of the obvious. Now there's times in a game where he'll bring some stuff up, but I just wish he would do it more. I think he's got a lot more knowledge that he, for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't come out during uh, the broadcast. But, but as far as but as far as fairness in yes. talking about oh, the other team, yeah. than no, the he, I think he's pretty good about. If anything, he's more aware of it when it's a Cowboys game to to make sure that it, it's kind of fair and balanced. Yes. Yeah, and I think Herbie is. Uh, I never knew him at all, so this was our first conversation at all, and I've been a couple uh, critical of a couple things that he'd said, and I heard, I heard from, in passing from Todd Jones and Tim May, a couple of my friends in Columbus, that he wasn't happy about it at all. It's like he came up to one of them and said, who's this Dave Jones guy? And, and Timbo said, well, why? What are you, what are you he goes, he's, he's, he's killing me. He's killing me over this trestle thing. Yeah. That, that conversation has played out 10 million times since I've been on the Penn State beat somewhere in the world. Like, who is this Dave Jones guy? Why is he giving me grief? <laughs> 
It's not just Kirk Herbstreit. It's everyone, Dave. It's everyone. <laughs> well, the, to his credit, he never like came and cried or, or wrote me a nasty yeah. gram or, or called me on the phone like Dick Vitale did at like 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> Dave, what, what did I do? What did didn't, I do? Didn't Linda Cohn write you a nice letter once, too? You remember that in the office? Yeah. I yeah, saw the yeah. letter. Yeah, you, uh, you, yeah, you and yeah. Dan Carroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. She spelled a couple words wrong, and I circled them in red ink and sent it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I put an unhappy face on it and gave her seventy-four <laughs> and, put, and sent it back in the mail. Mm. <laughs> I have to say, uh, Kirk, Kirk's really good at his job. But you and I have been around the college game for a while. Kirk Herb Street now. Frank Broyles, Keith Jackson, mid to late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> who, who do you got, buddy? Because I, I kind of miss Frank Broyles. He, he used to say, he said once about Arch Schleister, of all people, who was not exact, did not exactly have a gun. He said, Keith, you just can't teach that. It's God-given ability. <laughs> yeah, I think he said the same thing about, I think the quarterback's name was Buck Baloo. I think he oh, played at Georgia. At Georgia, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He, he did not have a cannon either, and I think no. that's the same he thing. You love Matt McGloin-esque mutts like that, I guess, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Art, Art was a little more high profile at the time, but certainly didn't, did not have a gun. Uh, see, that's style points. Yeah, um, it is. Both of those guys had so much style. Uh, Fowler and Herbstreit are kind of workaday guys who just do a really good job at their job. But I don't know, you know, I've had this conversation with Joe Crawford about NBA refs. You remember in the old days, there would would be guys with histrionics and no shot, no shot. And they're hopping on one foot. Joe, at the end of his career, he's a neighbor of mine and, and a good friend. And he got killed for doing that stuff by young fans. They hate it. So I don't know if you could you could get away with Frank Broyles and Keith Jackson now. They would think they were showboating or something, which wasn't true. They were just they just had style. They just had I know, a, but don't you think that uh, in in today's game that a guy like Gus Johnson has style? And I think that the and he gets killed. He gets oh, destroyed. I, so I, I I think that people love him. You, you think he gets killed? He gets destroyed. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's 50 50. Uh, There's many people that hate him than love him. I happen to love him because I've, yes. I've talked to him three or four times and I suspected that stuff was genuine. And yes. I really think you can't fake that. If you talk to somebody on the phone and they're still talking like this, you know, like, <laughs> then you know, you know, you, it, but, but he's not, he's not, he's not right. like that at all. He really genuinely loves that moment. And he just gets excited. Now, some people still hate it because they don't want that. Uh, I don't understand the guys who, love joe buck i mean i don't hate joe buck but there are a lot of people who hate joe buck too but i don't understand people who think that's the archetype i mean this this kind of drone all the time i want a little bit of lively lively kind of i just don't want the -the over-the-top happy horse crap that we get from espn where they're constantly laughing at things that aren't funny right i know what you mean if you're funny, then TNT on NBA, those guys are funny. They don't right. laugh at their own jokes. They're just funny. Uh, ESPN is constantly trying to fabricate this happy hilarity yeah. bullcrap, and they're yeah. not. So I don't want that. Yeah, I either want, Dave, I either want happy 
or I want hungover like Summerall and Brookshire <laughs> doing late 70s Cowboys games. But you just then, tell. Then they by were all means, you would, be, you would be the greatest analyst in college football. <laughs> you should okay. be on the air. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. We're going we're gonna, to, on that hungover note, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Blue White Breakdown podcast. Next time Dave and I talk, we might be doing a video Saturday. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We might be doing our first video. We haven't done one in like a million years. but uh, We got to do one. We got to do one just for that reason. But our, for our next podcast, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, uh, after talking to some of the Penn State players and coaches. So you guys have a lot to look forward to this week. Hopefully, hopefully the tractor guy will, be, will not be. No, do we want him there? I guess we want him. Maybe he'll be there. He probably won't be there. See you guys. 